you're ready to take your leadership to the next level, you're in the right place. This is the Think on Purpose podcast, and I'm your host, Jen Fry. Let's dive in. had a leadership failure. Maybe you lost the sale, made the wrong decision on a project, chose the wrong vendor. Whatever that failure looked like, this episode is for you. Welcome back, everyone. Today, we are talking about failures. Now, as leaders, most of us know that, of course, failures are part of the job. But sometimes you get one that just stings a little bit more. It's just a little bit harder to get over. And here's what I've noticed for both myself and my clients. It's the failures that happen when we are like trying our hardest, when we've put the most energy and heart and soul into it. We think we're doing the right thing. We think that we're making the right decision. Our intentions are so good. And then things go sideways. And those are the ones that hurt the most. So I'll share a few personal examples with you. And I just invite you, as you're listening to me talk about my examples, Consider what your examples might be. Where have you experienced a failure that feels familiar, sounds familiar, um, or anything similar to what I have experienced? So one is in the realm of selling. So working in rec centers, fitness centers, um, even now in my role as an entrepreneur, selling is a big part of the job. And sometimes people would come into the fitness center um, and they they would just get some information They would want to shop around a little bit. Sometimes they said yes right away. They knew exactly what they were looking for. Sometimes, of course, they would say no. And every no wasn't necessarily a failure. A lot of times I could just make it be a no. They're not ready right now. Same thing with my business, right? Sometimes clients have a consult and they're just not ready. It's not the right fit. It's just a no for now. Totally fine. But I noticed that if I really clicked with someone or I really felt like we could be of service. And I sort of cast that vision for the individual or the family. And I could see the benefit. And I felt like we had developed a relationship. And then the person came back and said, no, that's when it felt like a failure. When there was like a personal investment on both sides, maybe we had spent some time together. Maybe um, at the fitness center or the rec center, maybe they had done a guest pass or We had had multiple conversations. Sometimes I would even take classes with people. And then after that investment, when they would still say no, it was like, oh, it just stung a little bit more than someone who, um, you know, just sort of came in, made the decision on the spot. And my personal business, it's similar, right? We put our heart, our soul, our energy into it. And then when it's a no or a not yet, or someone changes their mind, it just stings a little bit more. Okay, the next one that comes to my mind is in project management. So if you're doing a capital improvement project, for example, there's lots of decisions to make and you have to be able to look at the big picture while also zoning in on individual decisions. So it's this constant change of perspective that we're doing when we're in some of these bigger projects. And there's a cost benefit to all of the decisions that we're making. So you're really trying to Think about both sides and evaluate what is the best decision for this project based on the timeline, based on the money, based on all these different factors, our stakeholders, the impact to our members, right? And I can think about decisions that I made that I was like, oh, yes, members are going to love this. This is the right decision. We're going down the right path. 
And then at the end of the project, it's very obvious like, oh, that lighting was not the right call. Or maybe the extending the timeline for this additional amenity was not worth it. Or this particular vendor hasn't been cooperative in the way that we thought that they would be. And so it's cost us money and it costs extra time on the project. And that feels like a failure because we didn't meet the expectations for the team. We didn't meet the expectations for the members. And that just feels so frustrating, right? And having that failure despite the effort put behind it. Okay, another one, new program. So if you work in any kind of... um, any kind of service-based industry where you're doing ongoing programs, this, this one might feel familiar. So I had done the research and I had thought that it would be super fun to bring indoor paddleboard classes into our pool space. I looked at it from, you know, no one else in our area was doing this. It would be a way to utilize the pool during low usage times, meaning like if the pool wasn't busy, this could be a great program. It would be a revenue source, meaning we would be, this would be a paid class. So we could bring in a little extra money. It would be unique. It would serve our clients, something kind of fun. Well, sometimes there's a reason that other people aren't doing what you want to do. There's a reason why other people aren't providing this program or this service. And it turned out to be not such a great idea. It wasn't really something that people wanted to pay for. We had purchased these paddle boards and they just sort of sat there. And that felt like a real failure because I brought it to my team. I thought I had done the research. We had we had set the the numbers that we would need in order to pay back the the cost of the paddle boards. We thought that this would be a good investment and I was just wrong and the program failed. And again, right? It's like that little extra bit of like, oh, like I really, I really thought I had a vision here and it just didn't work out. And then the last one I have is just sort of broad, broadly speaking, in terms of customer service. I think sometimes we walk away from an exchange with a customer, patron, client, and we're like, oh, that went really well. We were on the same page. I think I solved their problem. And that feels really good. And then you come to find out later, either through an evaluation, a phone call, a chat with your with your VP, your manager, and it's like, oh, actually, your perception was completely wrong. And when I think that my perception on something has gone sideways, when I think that I saw the situation totally different than the customer, I view that as a failure because part of the role of being in customer service is to identify the customer need to solve their problem. And so if I have just completely missed the boat on that, feels like a failure. So I've noticed right sort of that common theme, that thread is that when I can see a transformation and a vision and that whole thing just sort of comes crumbling down, that's when it feels like it's a failure versus a mistake. And in a failure, the stakes are higher the consequences are more impactful on the business, on me, the team, the budget, the customer, right? All of these different um, sort of forces acting on each other that make it be more about a failure and not just a decision gone wrong, which I would take as more of like a mistake. So in these moments, we have so many choices. And what I see leaders doing and what I see myself doing when I go, when I let my brain go unchecked is that we spend a huge amount of time using this idea of failure against ourselves, right? So it's thinking, and this is the internal dialogue, like, what is wrong with me? Why did I go, like, why did I get that so wrong? Oh, I should have known better. 
how did I mess this up so bad? I'm probably going to get fired. I have no business being in this role. I cannot believe I went the, the wrong decision. I can't believe I got it so wrong. We question, should I even be in this role? Do I even have the skill set? Like, I don't even know if I'm qualified anymore. That imposter syndrome can set in. And then we worry about what other people are thinking, how they're viewing us. What we're not doing is framing it as a as how we can learn from it, right? When we tell ourselves the, these these lies, really, that I should have known, and what's wrong with me, and I other people would have done it better. We actually have no way of knowing if that's true, and I think we're framing it as like I'm taking responsibility or I'm reflecting on the experience. But that isn't actually what we're doing at all. It's just self-criticism, self-blame, beating the crap out of ourselves. And that is not actually useful. But it's a pattern that so many high-achieving leaders are used to. If I just am mean enough, beat the crap out of myself enough, then I'll learn and I won't repeat it. I won't do it again. It's like self-inflicted consequences, self-inflicted punishment. And I don't actually think that's helpful when we just blame ourselves, make ourselves feel terrible. But the truth is we've just never learned how, how to handle failure. No one's ever taught us. So today I want to change that. I want to offer you a process that you can take into your next failure. And you can practice this when it's just a mistake. Because how we handle failure is a reflection of how we're handling our mistakes. It's just on a bigger scale, right? Okay, so the first thing I want you to do is just breathe. This too shall pass. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take this seriously. We're not saying, oh, just forget about it. Just breathe. This too shall pass. No, what I am saying is this is a blip in the grand scheme of your career. And if we allow ourselves to go down that path of self-criticism, we are not going to get the learning. It is not going to be helpful. So let's just take a pause and breathe. We want to get the benefit of the learning and that can only happen when we're grounded and when our brain is getting oxygen versus when we're shallow breathing, reacting, freaking out, and beating ourselves up. So start with breathing. Next, I want you to notice what are the feelings that are coming up. For me, embarrassment is number one. Then comes guilt, regret, stress. And all of these feelings are extremely uncomfortable in my body. So what do I want to do? I want to run away from them. And so how do I do that? I hide, right? So if I was in the office, you might see my office door closed as I'm just wallowing and feeling terrible. You might see me at home overeating, scrolling um, on different shopping websites, shopping online, trying to relieve the feelings by doing something externally. What you would not see me doing if I'm experiencing stress, guilt, shame, embarrassment, regret, you would probably not see me actually tending to those emotions. And that's what I want to encourage us to start doing. So instead of telling myself, oh, this was a terrible day and I really screwed it up, so I deserve a new whatever pair of pants or I deserve a brownie, instead of that, which PS often leads to us actually feeling even worse. Instead of running away, instead of hiding, it's actually allowing ourselves to feel one emotion at a time. 
And this could be something active like running, dancing, journaling, or something that's a little bit more still like meditating. So for example, for me, stress, my body just wants to move and get that energy out, get that energy moving. So for me, that's going to be a little bit more active. Whereas embarrassment or guilt, I have this tendency to want to shrink, to want to hide. And so that is going to be more of a quiet reflection. And so here's what it feels like to actually be in the moment. I'm naming that emotion. So let's start with embarrassment. This is what embarrassment feels like. And then I notice the sensations. And embarrassment for me is so clear. It's the hot cheeks. It's the lump in my throat, like I'm about to cry. It might even be like like tears in my eyes. And it's that like pit in my stomach. That is what embarrassment feels like. I can let myself be there. And I am talking a minute, 90 seconds. We are not talking about being in embarrassment for 20 minutes or a full day. It's just letting it be there and noticing it versus running away, hiding, or trying to cover it up. Another one that I might want to feel is guilt. And guilt and regret, they're very similar with maybe a little bit of nuance, but whereas embarrassment is like the heat, guilt or regret almost feels more of like an emptiness and I don't feel the heat. I still feel a little bit of that energy in my throat but it's a lot more like in my chest and my stomach, like that pit feels so hollow. And same thing, 90 seconds, two minutes, a minute. I'm just recognizing those sensations mean that I'm experiencing this feeling and I just stay with it. Now, listen, I'm not saying that this is going to be comfortable, but bottling up your feelings will only result in it eventually spilling over in some kind of reaction, whether overreacting, at work, with your family, on a friendship, or making another decision that ends in a failure. So I really want to uh, encourage you to just be in this space and allow those feelings. This is going to help us get to that learning stage. So breathe, feel the feelings. Then next, it's taking responsibility. Now, this is not the same thing as blaming yourself. Responsibility means that we are coming from a 30,000-foot view And we are like watching ourselves make the decisions. We are watching ourselves go through the process. So I want you to do this by actually writing it down. What are the decisions that you made along the way in this project, in this relationship, in this customer service challenge, in this this sales process, right? So write down your decisions. And then I want you to identify where you had control. Now, it should be most of the decisions were within your control. Possibly not all of them. So for example, if you had direction on a financial decision and someone else gave you that direction, maybe that wasn't totally in your control, but how you gave that person the information, that was a decision you made and that was within your control. I want you to not only identify what you had control over, then I want you to look at that list and just jot a note about why you approached the decision the way that you did. Why did you do it that way? What was your energy in that reason? Or what was your energy in that moment? Because the truth is, you probably had a good reason and a positive intention behind the action, but we don't give ourselves credit for that. We never think to ourselves, oh, I did the best I could with the information I had. No, we go right to self-blame. I should have known better. I should have seen the future. I should have realized. I should have recognized. But that self-blame 
again, it doesn't help us get the learning. So we want to move out of that and into the place where we're giving ourselves grace and we're seeing ourselves for the positive intention that we had at the time. I want to invite you to lean into that curiosity when you're taking that 30,000 foot view and your brain is going to want to go into judgment. So really be careful that we're not judging the decision. We're just getting curious about it. Why did I do what I did? And be super, super curious. What was my energy? What was I thinking about? Why did I think this was the best decision? Because when we can approach it from that perspective, from a little bit more of the watcher, now we have some data. Now we have some interesting information. And that leads to the fourth and final step, which is learning. Now, before we get to that step, I just want to give you a gentle reminder. If you enjoy the podcast, you have to be on my newsletter. So go check it out at jenfrycoaching.com. You'll get simple tips every week to help you up-level your leadership and take care of yourself. And don't worry, it's quick because I don't want you to spend a lot of time with your head in my email. I want you to go back to saving the world. Okay, so we talked about take a breath. This too shall pass which does not mean that we are not taking it seriously. We are just grounding ourselves and getting focused, getting oxygen into our brain. Then we feel the feelings one at a time, one, two minutes, even 30 seconds. Notice the sensation that comes with the feeling. Then we're taking responsibility, writing down what did we have control over and why did we make the decision that we made? Now, as a side note, I also want to offer you this. If you are working on a extended project, maybe it's six month or a year long project, something that you can try is to write down your decisions as you're making them. And this is going to help you so that you have that, you have that sort of trail of um, like your thoughts, right? Your why did I do what I why did I do what I did? Why did I take these actions? And you've captured that so that as you go through the decision-making process and you go back and go, why did I do that? It's already written down for you. You already know what you were thinking at the time. So just jot a quick little note. Why did we decide to go with this color scheme? Why did we decide to go with this vendor? Why did we decide on this course of action? Why did we make this decision? And just a quick little note. Okay, so you've taken responsibility, which is also not the same thing as blame. And then we can get to the learning. When we work through this four-step process, it's possible now to have the capacity to learn from the mistake. So when we are learning, I want you to ask yourself some questions. Where might my decision have benefited from slowing down and pausing? Sometimes we make decisions and we think there's a false urgency. And so we're trying to make them very quickly. And sometimes that doesn't give us our best decision making. So is there anywhere here where pausing would have actually helped? Now, on the flip side, sometimes we take so long to make our decisions that we actually miss opportunity and we actually create the failure because we're not moving fast enough. So would my is there anywhere here where my decision would have benefited from moving a little bit more quickly? getting out of my head and just deciding. And then the third question, what learning can I take with me into the next project or relationship? Friends, remember that failures aren't forever. We all have them. It's really part of the leadership journey, but they're useless if we don't get the learning. They're kind of useless if all we do is blame ourselves, beat ourselves up, and make ourselves feel terrible. So instead, I just invite you to expand your capacity 
for feeling your feelings, your capacity for taking responsibility, your capacity for learning through the difficult times. All right, everyone, let me know what resonated. I'd love to hear your stories of failure. So send them in and I'll talk to you next week. Hey, don't forget to like and follow me on Instagram at jen.fry.coaching, where we share more tips, more personal stories, and continue our journey to think on purpose. And if you like today's episode, click those three dots and share it with a friend.